This is Mariah Matthews. I'm Stephanie Avila. And you are listening to Art and Isms. Hey Steph, meet me at the intersection of Art and Isms. What's going on over there? There are artists who are using their platforms to address social issues. Oh, word? Well, how are we getting there? Bus, car, train? No, we will get there via poetry, music, and fashion. We are covering the movement, where art and activism intersect in the collision of what becomes is no accident. A creative crash, the only casualties are the isms. Race, ism, sex, ism, class, ism, phobias of identity. Art is the rebirth. Are you coming? I'm there. So who's today's interview? Kaima McIntyre, who is a multimedia queen. Painting, fashion design, maybe some upcoming poetry and music. What else could we want? Exactly. Kaima's paintings are on display right now at Mocha Lounge in Newark. And her dresses have been worn by Natori Naughton, Ashley Jackson, Tyra Banks. Not to mention the dress that Kaima herself slayed at prom with and which ended up going viral on social media. But what I love about her designs is that they're not just beautiful for the sake of being beautiful. They produce powerful messages. Right. Her work so far focuses on representing and empowering the black community. And her brand, Mind of Kai, focuses on vulnerability and self-expression. There's this one piece of line art that she made into a canvas called Making America. Let me describe it for you. There is a black woman sitting at a table with a sewing machine stitching together the American flag. She carries a face full of irritation and uses the strands from her afro, all of which are still on her head as the thread that is stitching the American flag. I liked it so much, I went out and showed some friends to see what they thought. Well, I think it's a very powerful picture that just depicts how black women are really the backbone of America Mm. and how so much of their hard work and all of their just labor, creativity, and energy goes unnoticed, unrewarded, and overall is just taken advantage of and abused. Black women, black people in general, like commodified, right, in, in, in America. Slave owners would you take black hair and they would put it inside of like chairs and cushions just because they could, just because they knew that that was taking away from, from blackness, from their identity, from, from their power, you know, and even the Afro is so powerful. It takes up so much space because it's, you know, it's, it's a halo, it's a crown. And so in order for them to take away that importance and to make themselves feel bigger or uh, superior, they would put it in cushions and couches. She is so talented, yo. Because if you think about the whole feminism movement, like really black women were in the front line. No, they were the ones that were putting in so much work and were made to walk in the back. And you know, that whole movement wasn't even for black women. It was just for white women. And so to think about her like sewing that original flag. The women who literally like propelled like women's rights were, like you said, were the women, the, the women of color in grassroots organizations, mm-hmm. in cities, Absolutely. you know, um, who were like busting out the work. But because white women were so threatened about it, there's really no documentation on the work that they did. Mm-mm. Even taking credit for just black culture in general and how much it's commodified and just taken uh, into into mainstream and, and it's never given credit to where it actually originated from. So she's literally like like building the symbol of this country right. with herself, right? With like her hair, but 
like this country like we'll never give her the respect exactly we'll, we'll never, never give her, her the credit and just never hasn't until this day Kaima was an amazing interview and she even gave us a tour of her studio the story of why she created Making America is one of the first things I asked about. I was in this class that was about basically visualizing your ideas. We all had different topics. Some people had, you know, women's rights. Some people had pollution. Things that are problematic in the world and that they want to change. And so what I wanted to talk about was race. And my professor, she just couldn't understand my theory and my concept behind it. And it really frustrated me. And I just... I wanted it to be simple, something that someone could just get immediately, and I really did it for my professor so that she could see, like, I'm always at this sewing machine, and I'm always creating things, and I just thought, you know, I honestly feel like I'm putting my blood, sweat, and tears into this idea of changing the world and probably changing people's idea of, you know, what's valuable in our lives and, and all of these things that go totally against the things that we do now, and sometimes it feels like Sometimes it feels like I'm dying in a sense. This is not something I'm just imagining. This is how I feel. And sometimes people don't get that until it becomes visual. And I guess that's why I'm here for that reason right there. this is my studio and everything's pretty much everywhere <laughs> but I have a section to the right on the wall where there's like diagrams of an orange because I'm from East Orange and like diagrams of the female body but like with sagging boobs and like you know um, with hair under her arms and with pubic hair and like all of these different things that people don't like to talk about but right here where I eat and sleep and wake up and like all of those things and then to the right there's a painting that's not fully done and I'm taking my time with this one normally I'm like I gotta get it done I gotta live in the moment and use my paint stroke and da 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 with the rhythm and for this one I was like take your time Kai and I have that next to blotches of colors but photography colors and then I have um, sections where I have actually um, created my own palette and with my own oil paints and that's next to everything else and so I'm inspired and may I mention that I have a wonderful window to the rest of the world it's so huge this building actually um, before the great migration in the 1950s when black people came up this building was actually quite valuable. There's a pool in the back and all types of things and um, I mean it's it's just a wonderful like place. I have this balcony and I'm just so inspired all of the time and I love Rio and jazz music and it's just a wonderful place to be. I have my incense going. Sometimes I do lavender, sometimes I do like a citrus. I'm trying to stay away from like cinnamon and apple. I don't like those smells too much. It's too fall for me but um, I try to stay refreshed and this is this is my life. <laughs> this one here you see she's she's wrapped in all of these cloths and what's interesting is no one can guess, you know, her race because she's black and white, but she's covered in all of these multi colors and um prints and I was really inspired by that dashiki print that I wore for my prom and I wanted somehow to combine it into a painting and I've never really painted a pattern onto canvas before, so this is the first time I've done that and I wanted her to be in the environment of those patterns and she's in sort of a sense that looks kind of like royalty or as if she's like the president of some nation and I just wanted to have the draping, this diagonal draping behind her that I really played with the idea of her being significant and 
for me, this was just once again like a visual representation of of multi cultures and and really not having like this one idea of a person. I guess. Does that painting have a name? Um. Yeah, that one is called "With This Material," and um, it actually comes from an Erica Badu verse where she's talking about. Well, she says, you know, wrap your hair with this material. And so she's talking about, like, wrapping your hair with cloth, but also wrap your, like, head with my lyrics. And I really like that idea of, you know, fabric being um, a message and wrapping yourself in that message or wrapping yourself in that material. Remembering is good if you don't let it be the fear of you. Wrap your hair with this material. After Kai showed us around her studio, we sat down for the real interview. It all began... In preschool, we used to have Play-Doh, and there was an assembly line, and so I would wait behind this long desk, and people would line up, everyone in my class, and they would line up for me to make little sculptures for them, and what I would make is, like, keys so that they could put, like, on the key ring, and that was in preschool. So it's always been a part of me, but it didn't become official until 2015. I was 18 and my prom dress went viral. It's this red dashiki dress and it's, it has this really deep V cut neck and it shows my cleavage and it's tight at the waist and then it just explodes from the waist down and it's sort of this princess, dreamy, African print, Cinderella moment that I had and it was in red and I knew it couldn't be in any color but red because people see red and they just know like she's proving a point. I wanted to kind of play this sort of western silhouette versus um, African attire and kind of just play this idea that like you know yes we've you know we've been brought over here forcefully but we still have our roots you know and, and this sort of mixing of ideas I love to do is so controversial and I, I think it gets the people going, as that Kanye West song goes. No, it's not. It's Gets gross. the people going. So I wanted to know, since you're most famous for your fashion design and your brand mind of Kai, what is the mission of your brand? It just comes from a place of wanting to express myself and wanting other people to express themselves and, and to just be real and authentic and once again back to that word vulnerable, to just be vulnerable and, and um, have the audacity and the courage to create. And maybe it doesn't mean a painting, you know, maybe it's music or maybe it's a writing or maybe it's just speaking your mind, but having that sort of bravery to create. I'd like to know about some of the celebrities that have reached out to you since your dress went viral. That's pretty cool. May I just say, um, I find a lot more life and a lot more value in seeing someone on a bus with my t-shirt than like somebody on a red carpet with a dress. It's just, it's just a whole nother life that it gives me. But um, Tyra Banks reached out to me and that was like one of the first people who reached out to me and Natori Naughton reached out to me. and. Um, Jesse Jackson's daughter, Ashley Jackson, like that was like huge, you know, she's like, we're like the same age, we vibe together and I felt like with her I can do a lot more things maybe than I can do with like Tyra Banks. So Tyra Banks said to you, I am, I am such, such a, a fan, fan of you. Of you. <laughs> I saw you on the internet and you blew me away with your talent, with your beauty, with your 
like this is my beauty and my beauty is beautiful message and i was like I gotta i'm like fly this girl literally out. I tearing up her. right now I'm because when she said that that's what i did i actually cried if you watch the video i cried and i just could not stop crying and i can't stand the video now but Shoot, i cried too really what well, people were like i'm crying with you but it was it was a breakthrough it was like she wasn't just speaking to me, you know, she was speaking to seven-year-old me and all of the other seven-year-olds and 12-year-olds and 16-year-olds and even 30-year-olds. People were like, this was so touching, you know, and for me, that was the greatest thing. I'm like, not only do I feel this here with you, but other people are seeing it and other people get a chance to see that, <clears throat> that you know, people actually do support these kind of movements and it's not, you're not alone. And I really felt like that was proof to my soul that you're doing something really great. A lot of your work is fashion. And the question that we want to know is, why does it matter what people wear? You can start a revolution with your outfit. How, how important and like powerful is that? I think with, with clothing and with garments, you don't have to say anything out of your mouth. You can just wear it, you know? So I think that's just, it's kind of like magic in a way. It's, it's true manifestation, I think, you know, to have this sort of idea about yourself and then being able to convey it to other people. And it's language, you know? It's, it's a way of, of communication. And um, I really, I know for a fact that clothing can start a movement. It has in the past, and I'm sure it will again. Can you tell me about a story you saw in the recent news that has maybe inspired or informed your work? I actually grab, I would say, 99.9% .9 of my inspiration from history. Recently, I went down south and we went to Montgomery and Birmingham and Selma. And then today in 2018, those places like Birmingham and like Selma, they're, there's hardly anybody walking on the street. All of the businesses are out. It's straight up poverty like the place is just you would think that something with such historical gems and something with such human peace and something that was really a testament to human nature would have a better um, business situation more jobs but something about Dr. King's he always talked about poverty and one of his last speeches he spoke about economics and and I think that that's where we have to pick up at in 2018. We have to think about race as class more than ever. We can't just think of it as race because they're too intertwined. And right now we live in a capitalist society, you know, and we can't, we can't be so much about me, me. It's about me succeeding. It's about us succeeding. We have to come together and realize that technically we have the power. Where does your drive to create come from? Um, does it come by accident? Do you find it sort of like a responsibility to create for people? Responsibility? Yeah. Why? I, I feel like an instrument. I feel like an instrument to our creator. And that can be the universe to some person. That can be God to someone else. It could be he or she to someone else. But I feel like I'm an instrument to a greater cause. And so with that comes a lot of responsibility. And a lot of times I'm my own worst enemy because of that. And you know what I mean? Because some people are like, it's not that serious. And I'm like, no, you don't know what I've been thinking about since sixth grade. Like I have, you know what I mean? These, 
And I guess that that's what's interesting because there's a difference between like knowledge and wisdom. Some things you kind of just feel intuitively and then some things you learn from reading books and stuff and then it matches up and it creates this person. But um, in, in kindergarten, like I said, in, in preschool, I've always felt like I was here to create and to inspire others to create. So Kai, what do you think is the connection between art and activism? Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> for me, art is activism. It's always been, and especially, especially as a black woman, you have anything you say can start a revolution. Anytime you proclaim yourself or anytime you say, I am beautiful, you're probably starting a revolution somewhere. And I think that when I realized that I was just, just being myself, that that was so problematic. I was like, I like this. Like, obviously, like, I need to do this a little bit more because people just aren't seeing it enough. I feel like my narrative, my natural, like, the way I was born has already, it, that in itself was an act of activism. I'm just creating art. Art and isms, the intersection where artistic expression and social change converge. Hit it, Steph. We heard from my girl Kaima. She sews like Coco and paints like Frida. Viral on the gram at age 18 for sewing narratives inside her scenes. We went inside the mind of Kai to find out why her dress is so fly. Uh, she keeps painting, she keeps sewing, and now we to get going. All right, cut. Art and Isms is a production of WBGO 88.3 FM. This episode was produced by me, Mariah Matthews, and Stephanie Avila. Editorial staff includes Alex Eric, Katie Simon, and Doug Doyle. Thanks to Aaron Smith, aka Genius, for creating some music for us for this episode. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>